Good morning. Welcome to Lydia House. We're glad you're here. Whether you've joined us in person, online, or uh, via cable TV, we welcome you. So uh, reach out to us, send us a message, tell us how you're doing. Let's open up in prayer. Well, Father, we thank you for another beautiful day. It's great to be at Lydia House, to be able to be outside, just basking in your glory, Lord. We thank you for just shedding your light upon us, Lord, opening new doors before us. Father, showing us the way. Lord, speaking that voice to us. Lord, that wonderful voice that we recognize as you to guide us and direct us. That voice that says, turn to the right, turn to the left, proceed forward. Lord, we just wait to hear from you. And Father, we thank you for our friends that have gathered today. We thank you for your abundant blessings in Jesus' wonderful name. Let's worship together in song. still you call me and all my hope and all my joy is found in you
falls it won't prevail the God I serve knows only how to triumph my God will never fail yes my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant I know how this story ends Yes, I know how this story ends I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you 
destined to die, poured up for all mankind. God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. He never sinned, but suffered as if he did. All authority Awesome and powerful forever. 
awesome and great is your name. You Can you clear? Can you clear the program? I don't want anything coming right now. I don't know how to. Well, right-click on the last song that you just did. What is the options? Show preview. Uh, hit. Okay, never mind. Thanks. I'm trying.
help me out here. So. Get one of these, everyone. Camera two is now active. You say, well, what's a mustard seed? Well, think of a, maybe a couple grains of sand or a couple grains of salt. That size, if your faith was that size, it fit between your fingers. Jesus said, you can move mountains. The Bible talks about faith in God. It talks about the faith of God, the gift of faith. The Bible talks about saving faith. We've got grace through faith that we're saved. There's a God-ordained faith for those special times where he's really moving on you to do something that he's calling you to do. Like I said, there's faith to move mountains. So every believer can defeat the giants in their lives by faith. They can move those mountains. So I want to talk about a story. So I gave you each a, a, a smooth stone get one out myself here. So, I titled it Five Smooth Stones. It's a story about David and his battle. So let's set the scene. Camera one is now a active. battle between good and evil. There are two opposing forces. David represents good. Goliath represents evil. And you're welcome to follow along in notes. Otherwise, uh, you can take those home. So this was David's first public battle. He had been working the back 40 with the sheep, tending to the lambs, the goats. David represents the warrior in all of us. He was a fighter. He was a man who knew his God. He knew him intimately. So David represents victory in the story. We can identify ourselves with David. I am a David. Let's say that together. I am a David. So think about that. You're David in the story. So on the other side was a champion named Goliath. Champion means that he had fought before. Not only did he fight, he had won. He was victorious. And he was expected to be victorious again. You don't get to be called champion by losing. He was a winner at least in their eyes. And he was a winner in the eyes of Israel. They were afraid of him. Think of Goliath as representing the giants in your lives, those things that just won't get out of the way. So I'm going to read, I'm going to start with uh, the story in 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. And I'll just read it to you, through some of the story. It says, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Think of that. He was a giant, literally. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor 
bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. I checked it out, it's about 125 pounds. So figure if you put on something that weighed 125 pounds, some of you don't even weigh 125 pounds. So, you know, double your weight. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves. So that's, that's protection in front of his legs. So he was, he was fully armored. And the bronze javelin was slung on his back. The spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. And its iron point weighed 600 shekels. Yeah, that was about 15 pounds. So a pretty good size spearhead. It's not like uh, when you're going deer hunting, you've got a little lightweight thing. This was a monster-sized arrowhead, if you will. His shield bearer was ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted at him. He ran to Israel. Why do you come up? Come out and line up for battle. Am I not a Philistine? Are you not just the servants of Saul? Choose a man, having come up to us. Cent camera 2 is now active. Center camera 1 so that when he's standing next to the podium, he's on the right and the podium is on the left. That way if he goes back and forth, we'll get them both in the picture. The king will give him great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give his daughter in marriage, and he will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Let me skip down a little bit further in the story. Much better, Verse thank 32. you. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. There's David stepping up. Saul replied, You're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued it from the sheep's mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine would be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. Then in verse 42 it says, Goliath looked at David, looked David over, and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. So let's break it down a little bit here. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. 17 verse 8 it says Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel that's us you know what we're like the ranks of Israel why do you come out and line up for battle am I not a Philistine so he's proud he's beating his chest saying come on how dare you come out against me aren't you just the servants of Saul you're nothing so he's really getting out to the man that can come down to me we face the same things. You're giants. Those things that you battle in your life, real or unreal, seen or unseen, those giants are going to try to shout you down so that you don't even show up for the battle. They want you to stay home. They, they want to defeat you before you even got, get out your door. So Goliath would shout. He would tease and challenge the armies of the living God. Other giants taunting you right now? Is this something that you've been dealing with for a long time? I mean, maybe as long as you can remember, it seems like I've been battling this. And it just seems like there's a giant that I keep running up against. Maybe like you're hitting a wall, and that wall is too big to get over or get through or get around. They're going to shot at him. In verse 16, it says, For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening he took his stand he came out basically saying here I am where are you come on come to the battle I'll fight you one handed maybe zero handed he's challenging day after day 40 days the Philistine came out so you giants are going to be persistent they are going to come after you time and time again and bring that attack Bring that foul word, you know. They're just going to try to stir you up however they can. 
and break you down. You're going to try to wear on you. Have you had something that's been nagging in your life longer than you can think? You know, maybe it's a, a physical battle, you know, chronic pain, chronic illness. Those things can weigh on you, especially over time. That's a giant. In verse uh, 28, it says, When Elliot, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he turned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. So here it is. David's brother, his oldest brother, who's joining in the battle against David. He said, you're nothing. What are you doing? You're just so arrogant. Why did you come here? Just to watch? You can't do anything. And those few sheep, well, that's nothing. Just because you tend a few sheep, it doesn't make you anything. Sometimes the people that are closest to us are going to be the ones that bring the battle. They're going to join the giant's attack against you. But don't, don't, don't give into that. Don't, uh, don't join in. That's what, what, that's what the giant wants. Remember, it's a spiritual battle. The Bible says it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So when you feel that, uh, you know, whether it's uh, someone close to you that's joining in the battle, whatever it is, take it to a spiritual battle on that. Verse 36 goes on and says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. So David's, this is like David's resume. He came up to Saul looking for the job and say, here I am. I can do it. I'm confident. You know, I'm not too arrogant, but I'm confident, David said. I've already killed the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So it wasn't really because of David. But David knew that when there was an attack on God's people, God's going to step in. David went on and said, It was the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David knew his God. He intimately knew his God from years and years of walking with his God and experiencing his God. And he gained this experience in his daily life. So again, while David was out, I don't know if I'd want to call it a field, but uh, you know, out in the countryside, with his sheep, grazing his sheep, he learned what it was like to walk with the Lord. And this gave him confidence in the new battle. So this was a new battle for David. It was probably his first battle ever against a uh, you know, giant. So verse 38, David's before Saul again here, and he says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. So Saul's saying, come on, you know, if you're going to be one of my army men, if you're going to be one of my warriors, i got the gear for you. I'm going to equip you. So David put on, Saul put the coat of armor on him, and the bronze helmet on David's head. David fastened on the sword over the tunic, and he tried walking around. So can you imagine? You know, David says he, I think he was a teenager at this point, you know. So David, not that I'm fucked up or anything, but David was probably smaller than me, and, you know, he's dragging this stuff around, and it's like, you think of Saul, I think Saul was a pretty good-sized guy, too, so if you, you know, that was actually Saul's armor specifically, but let's say it was Saul's armor. You know, if it was Saul's armor that he gave him, said, you go wear this, it's just not going to work. <laughs> so David said, I can't go in these, because I'm not used to them. What did David do? He, he said he took him off. Probably the best thing, you know, if you're not used to it. So David couldn't go to battle in armor he wasn't used to, and neither can we. You have to know who or what to fight with, what to use to protect yourself. We've got to be prepared, and we have to have practice. So we've got to be ready for the day of battle. I was in Boy Scouts for many years, and the motto, Boy Scout motto is, be prepared. 
you know, they weren't really talking about battle then, but they're just saying be prepared for life, be prepared for everything that comes your way, be prepared for that day when you get lost hiking and you can't find your way to the track for hours, um, things like that. But uh, God wants us to be prepared. The story says David was prepared. David took the time and prepared himself along the way. So let's look at verse 40 here. It says, Then he took his staff in his hand. So this is David. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. Doggy pouch, but hey, you know, it works. So David put on, he had that pouch. He had those stones. You know, there they were, his weapons. So he chose the five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with a sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Now, I didn't have a sling, but I figured, hey, you know what? We're all carrying masks around these days. So, uh, you know, it probably worked just as well, but uh, I won't try it out today. I'm not that good of a name, and I did not practice. Just what I'm talking about. So if I would have practiced, you know, I probably could have knocked a cup off the stand here, but... Uh, since I didn't practice, which I'm saying we should, I won't do that. So, so David chose a simple weapon that he was familiar with. It was a weapon that he could easily use. So he said, I can't, choose, I can't use this sword, I can't use this armor, but I've got a simple weapon here that I'm familiar with because I've been out in the back 40 slinging rocks at coyotes, wolves, and lions, tigers, and bears, whatever else might be out there. So he had to scare them off a lot of times. So, you know, what did he use? He used a weapon that was readily available. It was handy to him. He could get these. It's a weapon that he'd already been victorious with. It's a weapon that allowed confidence to build in him. So I'll say that point. It's the weapon that you use to defeat the enemy is one that you want practice with, you do it over and over again, it's going to build that confidence so that when I reach in this pouch, I don't even, I can feel it. Oh, yes, I know. Okay, perfect. I know. This is the one for the job. It's just the right size for that critter, that giant, because I've practiced and I'm confident in it. So think about Saul trying to equip him and David saying, no, no, I've got to go back to what I'm already equipped with. Think of that contrast between the sword and the stone and the victory that it led to for David. So the story continues in verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So that, that was Goliath's mistake there, because he defied God's armies. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. David was very confident. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air, and the beasts of the, beasts of the field, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag. Into the bag. Here you go. You guys have your smooth stones. Reach into your bag. So David reached into his bag, took out the stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine right in the forehead. So David was a good shot. He had practiced. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He put his foot on his head. He took hold of the Philistine's sword. He drew it out. And he cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, their champion had been defeated, they turned and ran. 
So a couple things stood out here to me. That uh, one thing that I hadn't picked up today or before was that uh, he said, "I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army." So David wasn't just saying, "Hey, Goliath, I'm going to kick your butt." He said, "Hey, Philistine army, I'm coming to get you. We're coming to get you." So you know, I'd always looked at this as, as uh, oh, it's, it's David and Goliath, but David was so bold. He said, "Hey, Philistine army." It's not just Goliath. I'm coming through him, and I'm coming after you. So, you, know, you may have one giant here, but you're going to go through that giant, and the next giant, and the next giant, until that army just was like, well, they're nothing. They're just fighters like me. And I have the Lord on my side. I can defeat these giants and the armies that stand behind them. So what did David face? A giant, right? What are you facing these days? Are you facing any giants? Whether they're seen or unseen. There are giants. So what did David do about his giant? It's interesting. Did he, did he walk to the battle? Did he walk over and kind of poke at Goliath? No. When it was battle time, when it was time to go, David said, aha, let's go. And he did. He ran to the battle. So he wasn't afraid. You know, he jumped right in and ran to the point of contact. At that point, after he ran to the battle, he pulled out that weapon, the smooth stone, the sling, got to that point, and he killed the giant that faced him. The giant was right there, right in his face. Why was he ready for the battle? Again, he chose those weapons ahead of time. He knew what he was good at. He had practiced, which obviously I haven't practiced with the sling and stone today, so or, or before that, so I'm not going to do anything. He built his confidence, and you can do the same. So let's look at this from a practical standpoint. So it's a story about David and Goliath. You say, well, great, I, I love that story. It's a wonderful story. It's like one of the best stories in the Bible. If you want to build confidence, really be like a warrior. Especially as a new Christian, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm like David. I'm really, really, I'm going to stand for the Lord. I'm going to fight. I'm going to win all these battles. And then you can hit another giant, another giant. But let's talk about practical application. In other words, you probably say, the story about David, so what? That's what we need to ask at this point. So what? How does this apply to me? That way you can take something home with you. You know, I encourage you to, you know, you don't have to keep what you can. You know, they're, they're yours. Take the smooth stone home and think about it. About the battle between good and evil. The battle in your face. So let's look at David's weapons. Shows these five smooth stones to go with the sling. I'm not sure why five, you know, you only put in one. But he was ready. You know, that's about being prepared. You know, maybe there were some others coming at him. So he had five. So he was lined up with some ammunition there. David didn't ask somebody to go dig out the stones for him. You know, he turned down Saul's offer for armor and, and being equipped. David went himself. We need to do that ourselves too. We need to go choose our weapon. We go after our giants. We can do the same. So he chose his weapons ahead of time. He practiced and he built the confidence. We have to practice, practice, practice so that we build our confidence. So David knew where to find the smooth stones. He went to the stream. We've got to pick the, the right weapon for the enemy at hand. So let's think of a battle. Um, you know, if it's a short-range battle, you can get a pistol. If it's a long-range battle, you can get a rifle. I remember, um, like, I don't know how many years ago it's now, 25, 30, whenever, uh, like, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and all these battles were going on, it's like it was the first, it was kind of like real-time watching on TV our military do what I call smart attacks, smart bombs and those things. 
and there were specific weapons for that specific battle. And it was very clear at that point that we had chosen the right weapons because they hit their target. And uh, a military uses smart bombs for a defined attack. David smooth stones is like a smart bomb because it went for a defined attack. You know, he was protected. Even though he had so much confidence and everybody else was so small. And it was a weak spot. And David found that via his smart bomb. It's like picking the right tool for the job. Do you use a hammer for a screwdriver job? Do you use a screwdriver for a hammer job? And think about this. Did you get a big stone or a small stone? Could be either. Bigger isn't always better. Again, it depends on the battle. So your smooth stone or your weapon is that word of faith, that word that you pull out of the Bible. So tie those two together. That's why I wanted to give you something physical in your hand that you can see and you can think. This represents a very specific word out of the Bible. That way you can, you, you can think about it, you know, meditate on, okay, I'm going to battle. What do I need? I need a smooth stone. Where am I going to find that smooth stone? Well, I'm going to go to the word. Because that word, that stone that you pull out of the Bible is a specific word or a promise in the Bible. Think of it this way. How do, you, may, you may be saying, okay, great, you gave me a stone. Well, how do I find my five smooth stones? You know, you just gave, really, you gave me a rock. What am I going to do with that? I really, I'm really facing some battle. Maybe it's a, like I said, maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's financial. Maybe uh, it's just like, okay, I got school coming up and I'm not really sure what to do. So, the word is our street. So, we got to go to that stream and pull out stones for ourselves. Like I said, David, David didn't ask his brothers. He didn't ask one of the other guys. Uh, he didn't ask Saul, hey, can you go find me five smooth stones? You know, I, I'd really like to go to battle, but I'm going to rely on you to take out something for me to, to use. I'm going to think of this as the word. My stone back in there. Try not to feedback, but uh, you can pass this around. So this is a picture from the North Shore, actually, after the stones came from. We were up there a couple weeks ago. But think about that. That represents the Word of God. It's abundant. There are so many stones. Now, you just think, that's just like a little little patch of stone that we saw on the, on the Lake Superior Shore. But if you've been there, that's about the number of stones. That's like the word. The word is like that. It's full of smooth stones. Just waiting for you. It's right for you to pick. And uh, it, it may overwhelm you. Saying, well, then how do I pick one out of so many? But that's not the point. Don't get overwhelmed because there are so many. Get excited because there are so many. They're just sitting there waiting for you. So one way to pick that stone is to open your Bible. just start reading. God will lead you to those key scriptures, those key words that you're going to use as a smooth stone for your battle. If you're doing that and you're saying, well, you know, I've read and I've read, nothing really seems applicable. There's a concordance. Now, younger people may say, what is a concordance? It's that book that you open up and it has Special words like, okay, I'm fighting this. I want to know about uh, when Jesus said this. It helps you search for specific scriptures, basically. So instead of a concordance, you know, you have concordance in the back of your Bible a lot of times, or a specific separate book is a concordance. But these days, we've got the Bible app. So you can have that on every device, every phone, every computer. 
or via the web, it's free or you can buy it. So if you're fighting something, let's say it's a financial issue, it's so easy to go to the Word, go to that stream and start digging through those rocks, looking for that very specific Word that you're going to use. You're going to pull that stone out and say, aha. And it will be an aha. There it is. When you see that, aha, I've got the right one in my hand. So let's say you can't find something that way. Call up a friend. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm struggling. I'm battling. I'm, I'm in the midst of this battle. I can't see for the fog. I just need somebody to help me. You know, somebody to give me a hand, pull me out of this mud, and set me up on the rock of Jesus. Somebody to give me a word that I can use to fight with. Or call up your pastor. I'm sure they know if maybe they could like pick out one or two at least rocks for you with stones. Come on. There are so many resources around us that we can use to get a hold of the word that we need to do battle against the giant. So that's how we find the five smooth stones. It's not limited to five, but hey, giant, David only used one to kill the giant. So how can you be ready for the battle? Like I said, practice, practice, practice. It's like exercising your faith. So that faith is like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, it's not going to be strong. But if you exercise over and over again, especially if you're repeating the same one, if you're dealing with one thing, let's again, let's use finances for an example. At certain points in our lives, we may be fighting against that money giant, I lack of money giant all the time. And then it's like, what? We won the battle. So you really exercise that one, but then maybe it's a physical issue, a health issue. So you've got to, you know, be exercising that and working that because it's a new battle. Similar application, but a different stone. So let's think about a baby. Baby's born with all its muscles. But that baby, as it grows, certain muscles get used and they get developed and uh, then they become stronger. We've been given basically all those muscles at birth. We've been given everything we need in the Word of God to pull out and develop. So I encourage you, start digging out your smooth stones right now. Practice using them for yourself or someone else. You may say, well, I'm not, I'm not really facing any giants right now. You know, I'm kind of, kind of on the mountaintop or you know, just hanging out. Things are good. But uh, anybody who is there can probably tell you that, well, yeah, I fought my way to get here. So dig out some stones. Find out what a friend's fighting, family member, whoever it might be, and practice. So how do I use those smooth stones? Read, read the applicable word, that scripture. So dive in, read it over and over and over again. You may want to even, I'm going to say the word, memorize that scripture. Okay, we all hate, um, no, I can't memorize anything. Well, you, can, you think you can do one? David only used one. So memorize one scripture, even, for that battle. You can do it. So pray the word to God. So what that's doing is you're just praying that word, that scripture, to God. So it's reminding him of what he said. It's reminding you of what he said. Both are good. Both, you know, when you remind yourself of what God said, it builds confidence. It builds faith. Make confession. So speak that word. Declare it to that giant in front of you. It's like speaking to the mountain, you know. Mountain, get out of the way, because here it comes. Here's the word of God. Basically, you may be reminding the giant of that prophetic word you got that's contrary to what that giant wants to do to you. Say, giant, I'm going through. And sometimes it's a whisper. Or sometimes it's a shout, depending on the circumstances and the time. Finally, it's the victory stance. We saw that in the story. David comes in, takes the giant down, but that wasn't the end of it. He stood over the giant, pulled the giant's own sword out, killed him, took the victory stance over him, thanking the Lord 
all the time because he was always giving glory to God in the victory, in the battle. So I've had opportunities through life. I've been a Christian for about 30 years now to face the giants. Not just one, multiple giants. I've had giants of financial giants, health-related giants. Um, I say, you know, even some travel-related giants because when you travel a lot, there's things that want to stand in your way. How many of you have dealt with the financial giant? You know, okay, yeah, that's an easy one. Probably, you know, some health-related giants too. I know I've dealt with that. Um, So... From a health-related giant standpoint, um, I just call it faith test number one. I was just looking at some of my testimony. And uh, it was praying for healing for myself over the years in different ailments and things, some prolonged things that uh, just plagued me, you know. And, uh, and my mom, too. Um, we prayed her back to life a few times. She had emphysema. And, uh, but we, we just prayed the Word of God. And this is actually... Uh, you know, if you guys know what this is, it's a cassette. It's funny, we were talking about cassettes earlier this morning. Um, now it would be a CD or a, uh, a memory stick or something like that you can put all your music on. But this isn't music. It would be music to my ears, but uh, I made a healing scriptures tape. So this is loaded with my smooth stones, if you will, so that I can listen to specific ones over and over and over again that were related to physical healing and doing battle, again, for myself, and uh, at one point for my mom. Um, you know, a couple of them I pulled out. Uh, Psalms 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Romans 8.11. I've been using that one recently. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So it's just, it's, there's so much abundance of weaponry in the Bible. It's like going into the storehouse of, of weapons and say, oh, wow, I like that one. I'm going to play with this one. Oh, this one's good. I think this one's going to work today. Oh, and, uh, and you, don't, you don't have to return any of them. They're all yours for the choosing. So another thing that I, I did is uh, I encourage you is this one's on the computer it's, it's written but these are scriptures that are related to specific topics that I needed ready access to so instead of just let, letting them sit in, in, the, uh, in the lake shore I needed them in my pocket so this is like having them in my pocket. So I'm going to encourage you to do that too. So it's from a practical standpoint. Again, I want you to walk away with something that you can take and use. So I've got scriptures on here about healing. Um, I've got scriptures on here about finance, uh, different blessings, um, personal protection. Again, if you're traveling and doing lots of things, it's like I want to be protected as I, you know, in my house for sure. But at, every time I leave the house, I want to know that God's got my front side, my back side, and he's covering me around. So I've got scriptures for lots of things, for work. Oh, well, this one, this one was great because, you know, it blessed me with a wife. I, you know, a wife. You know, Proverbs 12.4, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown. Proverbs 31, a wife of noble character, who can find? Uh, a prudent wife is from the Lord. So I had multiple Proverbs there, just as I was thinking, you know, years ago when I was praying, Lord, it sure would be great to have a wife. So I had scriptures for that, to stand against any um, resistance from the enemy so that God's plan would be able to come through. One more example uh, of a faith test was, uh, I mentioned this last week, we were talking about finance. So I lost my job. This was 2008-9 time frame, whatever, and I was out of work for a year. So during that time, there was, there was the search, what I call the stretch, and then the fulfillment. So I was searching all along. That year was quite a stretch. And then God brought the fulfillment. But I had scripture 
to use in regard to finances. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, God will give you the ability to get wealth to confirm his covenant. Philippians 4.19, um, 2 Corinthians 9.6, uh, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. God loves a cheerful giver. So he is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you're able to abound in every good work. So I would use these words. God gives me the ability to get wealth. Everything I put my hand to will prosper. Again, these are smart bombs attacking that uh, giant that wants to sit on my finances, that wanted to sit on that job that was set aside for me. You know, we've had a lot of storms recently. You know, Jesus spoke to the storm. He didn't have a specific word saying, go do this, but it's like, well, why not? That's a giant that could destroy my home and my trees and everything. So I'll typically go out and say, storm, just peace be still. And that's what Jesus did. He's our example. Quite, quite a smart bomb there. Just a direct attack on that storm. So it's not a direct attack on us. And one more example. He's, it's our, our best example is Jesus, right? So Jesus used a similar weapon. The word of God. So Jesus used the word while he was being tempted in the desert. In Matthew 4, verse 3, it says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written. So he said, It is written, it is written, it is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what was Jesus doing there? He went to the stream. He referenced Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, and he spoke it to the giant, to the enemy, to the devil, who was trying to persuade him, to lie to him, to convince him to do contrary to what God would have done. So Jesus did this three times, and the devil left him. We can do the same thing. We can speak the word to our enemy. So on the, uh, the handout I gave you, there's a breakout exercise on there, which I don't think we don't necessarily have to do that here today, but we can after we, uh, we close the service. But definitely when you go home, think about this. What giant or mountain, if you will, is standing in your way? What's standing right there in front of you, shouting you down, causing you problems, Give a name, you know, if it's uh, um, COVID virus, you're the giant that's standing in front of me today. But Jesus said this, 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 this. You pull out your scriptures against that. So mine out, dig out. Think of that lake shore with all those smooth stones. Mine out. Pull those smooth stones out for yourself. Write them out, pray them, speak them, and give declaration. Give voice to that. So I encourage you to do that. So thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that uh, you give us your word. Lord, your written word is so valuable to us. It is our source. You are a source of life, Lord. You said Jesus is the word. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just giving us everything we need. Lord, you've, you've already given it to us. You've laid it out for us. We just have to dig a little bit, mine those scriptures out, pull out those smooth stones. Lord, bless you, keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord, give you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if you want to...